Welcome to Bowling Springs Baptist Church, where we learn and grow together in Christ. We now join the church in worship. Welcome to Bowling Springs Baptist Church and our morning worship service. It is great to have you with us. How wonderful it is to be in the house of the Lord to worship a living God. And we're excited to be here and we're excited that you're here. So if you're a guest with us, I want to uh, point out the perforated tab on the bulletin. If you'd tear that off and fill that information out, we'd love to know about you and give you the opportunity to know about us. Also on the back of that is a prayer request form, so we want to invite you to fill that out if there's something that we can pray for you or pray for someone else about. would like to also direct you to the pew in front of you. On the back of that pew, there's a little purple slip. That purple slip is for our care ministry, and we invite you to share names or even your name. If you are in need of something, prayer, card, encouragement, if you need something done around your house as far as something that we can do to assist you, we want to be able to do that. But we can't do that or know about that if we don't know. So fill that out and drop that in the offering plate along with that perforated tab on the bulletin, and that would help us out tremendously. Another important piece that you need today is this stapled piece of paper. And if you didn't get one of those today, you need to get one today. Uh, I would highly recommend, if you don't have one of those, raise your hand, we need to get one to you. Ushers, let's get some people some of these because these are important just as the pink slips. Now what this is, is this is in preparation for our time of spiritual renewal and also Dr. Cullinan's um, session on October the 11th, which will be entitled, How to Hear the Voice of God. And it's important that you go through this, that you use this as a time of reflection and get prepared. We want to get prepared for spiritual renewal. That is an important time for us. That um, spiritual renewal weekend will happen October 19th and 20th. So again, that is in preparation for that weekend and also the October 11th session. And let me just say this. If, even if you're not planning on going to the session on the 11th, do this. Do this. Because this, again, will prepare you for that weekend. I encourage you to take part in that weekend on the 11th. So that information is inserted in your bulletin, uh, along with a lot of other information. So grab your bulletin. Let's look at it right quick. Um, Keep in mind today we will be taking up our North Carolina mission offering, which is an important time for us. You are invited to our luncheon after church which will be raising money for our uh, mission efforts in India with the school that has, uh, is going on over there. This is going to help uh, put a roof uh, on, on the school. So um, please, everybody, take note and take part in that. We probably have some guests with us today who are supporting that, and we're grateful to have them with us. And look forward to that time of fellowship. Along with the lunch A couple of us men have been asked to bake some cakes, which you will be able to um, put forth donations toward. My cake is better than Tommy's cake. Uh, Just saying. I got the mic. So this is true. Uh, Man, he showed me his cake. It's two of mine. He said, you made a pie. But there are some cakes out there that you can um, donate money toward and take those home with you. So please make note of that also reminder of our bible study time this evening that has been an excellent time of looking at at god's word and following the story of southeast church in kentucky through bob russell's book so we ask that you uh, continue to be in prayer and um, be there for that at five o'clock in the lighthouse room 
Um, on the back of your bulletin, there are a list of things that are going on this week. You see opportunities for ministry, opportunities for spiritual growth, um, lots of things going on. So the menu, for, the menu for Wednesday night meal is just important, isn't it? You just need to know what's gonna, what you're gonna have to eat on Wednesday night. So join us for fellowship uh, meal on Wednesday night. The uh, menu's there at the bottom. You see two important um, baby showers. So know that that we got a lot of things going on in the lives of people in our church. I was made aware of a special anniversary on Friday, uh, Charles and Daphne Bridges, 60 years. Wow. I don't know who we're clapping for, uh, him or her, but no. But that's a, that's a, a great milestone, guys, how great it is to be a part of a fellowship where we celebrate the lives of uh, what God is doing in the lives of the body of Christ, and that's, that's part of what we do. At this time, this morning, we're going to allow this to be our prelude time and a time of prayer as we do our deacon selection and as we prepare for worship. So let's um, be in tune with what God is doing as we continue to worship this morning. And following the, uh, the prelude, we will celebrate in baptism. So let's worship together.
Melissa came to me a while back and said, you know, Jim, I was about seven years old when I was baptized, and I understood as much as I could at that age, and now I've come to a new understanding in my faith, and I want that to be marked by baptism. And I've done that a number of the times through the years, and I've always been glad to do it. And uh, so we're happy for her, and uh, not only wanting to do this rebaptism, but also a commitment to being a member of this church. So before we do that, let's bow for a word of prayer. Father, we're thankful that you stir us, you speak to our hearts, you convict us, you are never through with us. And we're thankful, Lord, that Alyssa has come to this point of decision. We pray, Lord, that this church might be a blessing to her and she might be, of course, a blessing to this church. And that she'll always remember this day and this time and these people that witnessed her baptism. Bless us and guide us, these saints we ask in thy name. By the authority of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and upon her reaffirmation of her faith in Christ as her Savior and Lord, I baptize you, my sister, Alyssa Davidson, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. you'll be in this worship service today as we share about your will for our lives and denying our will and accepting your will and sometimes that's a struggle and help us to know that your will is best even though it may take us through some dark waters help us to know that you are Abba Father you know our needs more than we know our own and bless this church in the days ahead these things we ask in thy name amen For our first song we're going to be singing this morning, you will need the bulletin because it has the words there. We're going to be singing Jesus Messiah, and at this time we will be uh, passing the, uh, the, the pink slips down to the end of the rows. Let's stand as we sing, please. Jesus Messiah. Ransom. 
This is our month of emphasis for the North Carolina Missions Offering. And after this video, during the next song, there will be two young ladies down front, and you can bring your offering uh, during that song. The work of church planting is supported by your gifts to the North Carolina Missions Offering. More than 300 languages are spoken in the homes of school children across North Carolina. The Baptist Day Convention of North Carolina is committed to assisting church planters share the gospel with these families in their heart language. We are called to take the good news to all languages and people groups. For years, that meant traveling to other countries, but now all that has changed. The world is truly coming to our doorstep. After moving from China, Pastor Haihua Lu and his wife Shun settled in Kannapolis with the goal of starting a church for the local Chinese-speaking population. Originally trained as physicians in China, the couple is equally at home with engineers from the nearby research campus and workers from local restaurants. Samuel Chinese cannot uh, understand and speak English, so it's a uh, uh, Chinese uh, church is uh, very important for uh, lesser people. I'm pretty much the only uh, English-speaking person in the family. If I go to an English-speaking church, then I'm the only person to get benefit. I think it's very important that we can go to church as a family. 
we can go to a church regularly every week. We learn the same message. We go home, we can discover, we can talk about it, we can share, sometimes even we can argue about it. So that way we have a tight relationship also within a family. Recently, Wen Yi watched as her 84-year-old father gave his life to Christ. Hearing the gospel in his own language was the key to unlocking that door. Last year, eight people received baptism in our church mm -hmm. and uh, become a new Christian. This uh, offering uh, is helpful for uh, our church plant uh, and uh, other church planting. And help us to reach um, many Chinese people. Your gifts to the North Carolina mission offering help start churches all across North Carolina. Thank you. Our in-gathering hymn is going to be number 563, Christ Receiveth Sinful Men. If you would, go ahead and bring the, your offerings forward as we sing. 563. Let's stand, please.
season. Let's pray together. God, we are here today to honor you, to say thank you for life, for the opportunity to be here freely. We thank you for your presence. We acknowledge how big you are. And to know that your presence with us and your presence with everyone at the same time is just really cool. Father, we call out to you knowing that you're God and we're not. And there are circumstances in all of our lives that we just need you to be there. Help us to trust you. But also give us the ability to praise you. For you are worthy. Father, as we think about all of those who do not know you, the task is great. But your word tells us that you want no one to perish, but that Jesus died for everyone. So our prayer is that you would give us the opportunity to share and knowing that you are already at work in the lives of people that we encounter. But help us, Lord, as we walk this faith journey to rest in you, to know that you are bigger and greater than our sins and that your grace covers us. We thank you for new life in you. May the things we say, the way we act and react, may all of this point to you. We thank you for loving us, even when we feel like we're unlovable. God, may we be able to love those that feel unlovable. Even those who hurt us. Father, again, we say thank you for the ability to be in this place with these people. To worship and to grow in you. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Our next hymn is number 594, and it is probably a hymn that you do not know, but it speaks about how we as Christians, we are not in control of our own lives. We must daily sacrifice and commit ourselves to the Lord. In Matthew 16, this is what we read. 
Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. That's exactly what this hymn is about. The words are new. You probably don't know the tune, so we're going to sing it to the tune you are familiar with, and that's the tune of When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. So just follow that tune with these great words. Let's stand as we sing. Take up your cross. Let's pray. Dear Father, 
We thank you this morning for life with all its goodness, all its opportunities. Day by day, O oh Father, you bless us in so many ways. Help us to be aware of that and to be grateful. And Father, help us to be obedient to you and to be good and generous stewards. We do pray your blessings upon our offerings this morning, and may they be used in ways that will glorify you and bring others to know Christ. And may our lives bear witness to the love of Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.
If you have your Bibles with you, turn to Mark chapter 14, and we'll be reading verses 32 through 36. Mark chapter 14, beginning in verse 32, and going through verse 36, as we think about the will of God for our lives, whatever that may be, as He leads us, Mark 14 beginning in verse 32. And they came to a place named Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here till I have prayed. And he took with him Peter and James and John, and began to be very distressed and troubled. And he said to them, My soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch. And he went a little beyond them and fell to the ground and began to pray that if it were possible, the hour might pass by him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for thee. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what thou will. We all know about the Garden of Gethsemane. We grew up, grew up in the Baptist church. This place is familiar to us, at least its story in the New Testament. I've been to that place. I was fortunate enough to go to the Holy Land right before I went to seminary. And I went to the Garden of Gethsemane. And the leader of the tour said, this is one of those spots in Israel that might be very similar to what it was when Jesus was here because it's a garden spot a quiet little oasis outside the town with beautiful olive trees and walking paths. Just a beautiful spot. The name Gethsemane means oil press. So up there sometime in the uh, history was a press to squeeze olives to make oil. And uh, this was a place where Jesus many times took his disciples. It was a quiet spot removed from all the busyness of his ministry. Kind of a a, a retreat area where he could go and calm his mind and talk with his disciples and enjoy the beauty of the spot. A retreat area. Do you have a place like that? And Judas the betrayer knew to look for Jesus in Gethsemane and that shows that this was a frequent spot that Jesus liked to go Wealthy people who lived in Jerusalem had private gardens in the Mount of Olives outside the city. So it was a popular spot, a place where many people went. And as you read the scripture, you know that Jesus was on the threshold of the cross. The hour of suffering and death that he knew he had been looking toward into the future was now almost upon him. Think about it, my friends. Jesus didn't want to die. My goodness, he's 33 years old. Maybe he thought in his mind he had done so little. Maybe in his mind he thought so little had been accomplished and so much more was yet to be done. Also, Jesus knew what crucifixion was like. He had no illusions about that. That was one of the ways the Romans executed people they thought were dangerous to intimidate them, to keep down rebellion in their vast empire. 
We've heard about the, the slave revolts that happened in the, in the empire. Uh, one was uh, from history, uh, the name Spartacus, and the movie was made about that where thousands of, of crosses were set along the highways of the empire where these people who rebelled were crucified to show the people that they should not do that. And at this crisis time, Jesus knowing what he was facing, I think he wanted two things at the same time. He wanted to be alone, just to be with his thoughts, to steal himself for what was to come. He wanted to be by himself. And yet at the same time, he wanted a companionship. And you see where the 12 go to him, with him to the outskirts of the garden. And then the three called the inner cabinet of the disciples, Peter, James, and John, they go within the garden. And then finally, Jesus goes deeper into the garden to be by himself. He makes several trips back to check on his disciples and find they're all sleeping. <laughs> And what do we find in Jesus doing in the garden? He cries out to God. Let this cup pass from me. We don't find a robot. We don't find someone that has no flesh and blood feelings. Jesus was not only the son of God. He was the son of man. He was the word made flesh. He was struggling with what had to be. He was struggling against this bitter cup that he had to endure. And that bitter cup had many bitter elements. Rejection, mocking, desertion, treachery. And then there was the physical suffering on the cross that he knew would be immense. And maybe even worst of all, the most bitter part of that cup was the spiritual rejection from his own father as he bore the sins of the world. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He had never been forsaken like that as he was bearing the sins of you and I. We have no idea the pain of that, that which was clean and holy becoming most sinful for you and I. That's how Jesus said it was. My soul is exceedingly sorrowful. That literally means my heart is ringed around with sorrow. The prayer of Jesus was not a slip. It was not an error. Let this cup pass from me. There are some things in life, my friends, we'd rather not experience. We'd rather not happen. And that human side of Jesus was tempted like every other person is tempted. He was being honest with the Father. He said... I don't want to do this. I don't want to go through this. But what was the key here? What did he say at the very end of the scripture for today? Not my will, but thine be done. Not what I want, but what you want. Not my desire, but your desire for me. Even though it may go through a terrible time. He didn't want it, but he was trusting his father. And that Abba in the scripture is an intimate term for father. Father is a more uh, formal term. Abba literally meant daddy. That's how he felt about his father. 
If we can trust the will of God, even though it may take us down some dark paths and we don't understand, if we know deep down that God is our Father and He will care for us and He will give us strength for the journey and we willingly follow wherever it may go, then everything becomes bearable, maybe even meaningful. Jesus could go on because he knew this. Not my will, but thine. You see, we have a choice to make. Every day that we live, my friends, is it my will or God's will? Is it my plan or God's plan? Oh, we have a will. Oh, we have a will, don't we? We have a plan for our lives, and it may be far away from what God's plan is. We have a desire for our lives that may not be Godward. We have a shortcut in life that we would rather take. We know what we want and we expect, and human nature is such that we want to avoid problems. We want to avoid pain. We want success. We want popularity. We want good health. We want friends. We want easy roads. And I think the human side of Jesus still had some of those feelings. But still he could say on the threshold of the cross, not my will, but thine. Your plan's better. I will follow it wherever it leads. There is mystery sometimes in life. We don't understand all things. Perhaps we'll see the whole plan one day. There's no prayer that is so hard to offer in the crisis moments of life, not my will, but thine be done. That's hard because our will is dear to us. We want what we want. And nothing else seems at the moment so reasonable or desirable than what we want. So we come to a difficult time in life and we see difficulty or hardship or challenge that perhaps we would want to avoid. There's no prayer more difficult to pray. Lord, you know my will, but I want yours more. There's no prayer that brings more peace of heart than saying, Lord, your will be done and not mine. There's great peace and surrender. We don't fight against life. We don't swim upstream. We trust Abba. We trust him. And I have found in the difficult moments of my life, and I've been blessed, but there have been some difficult hours. Those times when I have trusted him, he has seen me through. Jesus could surrender to the will of God in the crisis moment of his life because that's the way he had lived all of his life. He did that at the very beginning in the temptation in the wilderness in John 4, 34. My meat is to do the will of him who sent me. I'm here to do his will, not my will. I'm not here to go off on some tangent and do what I please. I'm here to follow God wherever he might lead me. I seek not my own will, he said, but the will of him who sent me. Again, he said, I came down from heaven not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. Nothing is more important, my friends, than the surrender of the will. 
If we never surrender our will, we'll never know his will. We'll go off on our own plan thinking we're doing quite well. We're making wise decisions. And then we wake up and say, how did I get here? How did I fall into that temptation? How did my life get off track? We must be willing to say no to our desire and plans before we can ever accept, understand, desire, or follow His will. Is His will hard sometimes? Yes. Is it mysterious? Yes. Difficult? Sometimes it is. Trying? Sometimes. Yes. But let me ask you something. Why were you saved? What did God have in mind when He saved you? that you might go off on some plan all your own and, and have all your needs fulfilled? No, that your life would show forth Christ in all the seasons of life, they be they difficult or easy. That was the plan. And if we know that we're in the middle of his will, no matter what's happening, what we're going through, there is a peace that passes all understanding. The world cannot take away. The world cannot fathom. I like the story of the missionary for many years who had served in a difficult area of India. And he was on at home in the States for extended furlough, first one he'd had in many years. And he was going about to different churches to share about his work in India. And there was a question and answer time and someone in the church raised their hand and, and asked this missionary who had been away from India about four or five months, getting ready to go back. He said, do you miss India? The missionary kind of gave a wry smile and he said, in the natural man, I dislike India. I don't like the dirt. I don't like the filth. I don't like the heat. I don't like the fevers and dread diseases. I don't like the mosquitoes. I don't like the snakes in the bathroom and I don't like scorpions in my shoes. (laughs) I don't think I'd like that either. (laughs) I don't like the poverty that's all around. But... I'm not happy here. I can only be happy in the center of God's will. That's where he wants me to be. And even though those things I've named, I still don't like. I like more being where he wants me to be. That gives me peace in my heart. Is it not when we forget our wills, our agenda, our expectations, our idea of what we deserve, what we must have to be happy. The more we forget those things, the more we simplify our lives, the more we get closer and closer to Jesus Christ, the more joy and peace we have no matter what's going on. Not my will, Lord, but your plan. Not my desire, but your desire for me. Not what I wish, but what you wish. Not what would be most convenient to me, but what is a part of your kingdom. And to be able to say, Lord, I trust your plan even though I do not see it all and I do not understand it all because you are my father. A few years ago, I took a mission trip to Cuba. Met a pastor over there named John Joseph Raballo. He was the pastor of the Cuban church that we serve. And I asked him one night, we were sitting talking, I said, well, John Joseph, tell me a story. And he said, well, I was born in Spain. 
my family was pretty well off. Uh, I lived in a nice area. My family was a good family. My father was a doctor. His plan for me was to follow him and be a doctor too. But early on, I felt the call to ministry. And when I shared that with my family, and especially my father, he did not understand. When I saw where I was going to serve, when I felt the heart to go to Cuba, part of me didn't understand either. But I followed it because I felt God's pull at my heart that this is where he wanted me. And since I have been here, I've had the joy in my heart of the Lord, knowing I'm where he wants me to be. To be able to say, Lord, I trust you. You will never harm me fatally. I want to do your will no matter what. You think about the people in the Bible, people like the Apostle Paul, who knew tremendous difficulties. The disciples, all who died a martyr's death except one. The saints of the church, people that we have considered heroes. Bill Wallace of China, Lottie Moon, Corey Tinboom, I think you know her story. Jo- uh, Johnny Erickson Tata, paralyzed for many years and, said, and now says of her life she wouldn't change it if she could go back and do it. Mother Teresa, Mother Teresa said, she said, I want you to take me, I want you to assign me, she was a Catholic nun, to the worst place. I don't want to go to the best place. I want to go where the need is the greatest, where the need for God is the greatest, the poverty is the greatest, the difficulty is the greatest. Place me there. That's where I want to go because I know that's God's will for my life. And they sent her to a place called the Black Hole of Calcutta. She stayed there the rest of her life. People like that who died to self but became wonderfully alive to God. And whatever the weight of difficulties that are on our shoulders, there is deep within a peace and a joy and a strength that the world cannot take away and no one can touch. We have a sense of sonship that God approves of our decisions and our life and our commitments And there's a great joy in that. Tell you, my friends, there'll come a time when your faith is tested. It may be right now. There may come a time when things will happen to you and you will not understand why they're happening. There'll come a time when you won't like what's going on in your life. Will you be able to pray then, Thy will be done, Lord? Thy will. Not my will. Will you be able to surrender your life? Surrender that situation? Keep serving? Certain times of the year, if you go into Greenland, up into the northern area of the world, at certain times you find great icebergs that break off Greenland. And in certain times they start south, floating south. This same kind of iceberg was the iceberg that sunk the Titanic in 1912, floating south toward the shipping lanes going into New York City. But these great icebergs float south, and even in the teeth of a strong wind, 
They're floating south, and maybe a 40, 50 mile an hour wind is blowing against them, and they're still going south. Why is that? Because seven-eighths of an iceberg is underwater, and the wind isn't blowing them. The wind isn't directing their, the way they go. The Labrador current, the mighty Labrador current that moves south is pushing that seven-eighths of that huge, heavy iceberg south. When I think about the will of God for your life and my life, no matter what's going on, there's a current, my friends, underneath that's moving your life, wanting you to respond, pushing you in the right way, giving you strength for every season of life. And no matter what's going on above, he's underneath and he's directing your life. Do you feel that tug? Do you feel him speaking to you? Maybe he's saying you're on the wrong track. Or maybe he's saying you're on the right track. Seek his will. And all these other things will take care of themselves. Let's bow together. Father, we pray that we would seek your will no matter what. We would seek your direction, your purpose, your approval as we live our lives, as we make decisions, as we choose what path we will trod. Help us to look to the scripture. Help us to pray. Help us to see what you would have for us. Help us to seek that. Help us be directed by that. And Father, there be any here that want to come to this church from another, any that want to accept you as Lord and Savior and maybe thought about that for some time. I stand ready to receive those folks as we extend our invitation. These saints we ask in thy name. Amen. Time of commitment is number 275. I surrender all and let it not just be words, but let it be the prayer. Let's stand as we sing, please.
Doug's here to um, give you the results of our deacon election. So, Doug, if you'll come do that, brother. Let me uh, begin by saying a word of appreciation to those who have thought, who have prayed, who have nominated, as well as those who expressed a willingness to serve. We have many servants in this church. This year, the church has elected for 2015 the following individuals to serve as deacons. I'm listing them in alphabetical order. John Cannon, Richard S. Green, Willie Hamrick, Tim Quattlebaum, and Debbie Weiss. And I know that you will give them the support that they, that they need and deserve as they seek to serve this local congregation in God's kingdom. Thank you for the process. Uh, for our closing prayer this morning, uh, we have a guest with us who uh, is him and his wife, uh, Greg and Dana Robertson, are um, working currently toward uh, getting the finances to go to India and have worked in the area um, near where this, this school is. And we are uh, glad to have him and his wife with us today and their families. If you'd like to talk to them during lunch, I'm sure they would appreciate conversation. He has a heart for India and is here to support uh, the mission work that's going on there. So Greg's going to close us in prayer and also bless the food. All right, let's pray. Father, uh, we just come to you and say how good it is to be in your house and um, God just um, talk to you um, right now. Like I tell my little girl, we're just going to talk to Jesus and uh, that's what we do. And uh, so Father, we give you praise that we've had a, uh, just a good time to worship you today through our givings and, and songs and, um, and God, we have an amazing opportunity to, to bless the people of India um, through this meal. Uh, we do thank you for the food and just allowing us to be just a little part, God, um, in your big world. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You have been listening to the worship service at Boiling Springs Baptist Church, located at 307 South Main Street in Boiling Springs, North Carolina. Come and worship with us at your next opportunity. Thank you for listening.